Hello, and welcome to Executive Insider. My name is JT O'Donnell, and I'm the founder and CEO of Work It Daily, the number one online career growth club. I'm helping 1 million people grow their careers, and that includes executives just like you. I coach a community of executives inside Work It Daily, where we talk about what it means to be an executive, how we can build our executive networks, and how we can take our executive careers to the next level. So get ready. We're about to share content only an executive insider can bring to the table. Hey, everyone. It's JT. Welcome back to another Executive Insider. This is where we get to tap a lot of amazing executives for their secrets to success. And today, I'm going to be talking to a marketing executive who wrote an incredible article for us called The Three Tips to Adapt Your Marketing During the Recovery, which is very, very timely. I know lots of people in the marketing space are sort of scratching their heads to figure out how they should go about this. Are we still in limbo? Do we need to move forward? So Lindsay, welcome to the show. Hey, JT, how's it going? Thanks for having me. Oh, well, this is an amazing article that you wrote. And we're going to make sure that everybody gets the link here so they can go check it out. But before I ask you a whole bunch of questions and let the audience ask questions, I want to talk a little bit about how you got into marketing, how you ended up in this space, and then what's been the most interesting thing for you in your role since this has all started? Yeah, great question. So I started out actually as a CEO and founder of my own company, a startup that enabled travelers to figure out what to wear, where they were going abroad. And so as a CEO, a founder, building a small team, you wear a lot of different hats. And where I found myself really gravitating towards was marketing. I loved figuring out, hey, how are we going to reach our audiences? What's the channel mix? I loved kind of the puzzle that that part of building the business was. And from there, I got a master's degree. And then I went on to build out the marketing team at Augment, which was an augmented reality company based out of France and New York, and really started my formal marketing career there. So again, where helped build that team out from one to six while my time was there. And then I moved on to Conductor, where I started product marketing. Product marketing, for anyone who doesn't know, is really the nexus between the, the product team and the marketing team. It's a really cool discipline. And that set me up to eventually run all Conductor's demand gen and marketing program. That's amazing. And so we've been at this now for several months, our new normal. What's been the most interesting or surprising thing for you from a marketing perspective? I think what was most interesting to us, and I think a lot of folks kind of fell into this, was at the beginning of the pandemic, you really wanted to over-communicate about COVID, how your business was reacting, how we can help you. That definitely was our knee-jerk reaction. And what we're seeing now, which is really surprising, is folks don't want COVID-focused content. They're mentally starting to go back to, I want to go back to normal. I want to go back to kind of recovery mode. How is my business going to come out of this? And that's the kind of content and messaging that's been resonating most, which is a bit contrary to what one would think. It's interesting that you say that because I agree with you. I got really sick fast of all the COVID stuff. My inbox just got slammed. Everybody wanted to tell me how they were thinking and feeling about COVID. And you sort of shut down from that kind of marketing. And then I think you're right. It just sort of stopped. So people got the message. But kind of along that line... What is, when you think about building a strategy marketing for the recovery, for what's happening now, what's the biggest mistake that you think people should try to avoid? The biggest mistake, I think people get really reactionary. And I think we forget the basics. And that's normal. Your CEO or your CMO comes to you and says, oh my God, we need to change everything now. And you just kind of start executing. But the basics are so important. And that's what we really talked about in the article, JT, on Work It Daily was that, hey, let's go back to basics and let's start with the foundations of a marketing program and almost rebuild it from the ground up. 
I love that because we know the basics, right? Competence develops confidence. So if we stick with what we know, we've got a structure, we can start to build that confidence up, which is excellent. That being said, I still think people are completely overwhelmed. And I think marketing and sales, but marketing has probably one of the hardest jobs right now because everything's changed. It's completely overwhelming. Even if you start with the basics, it can seem like too much. There's just too much to do, right? So how do you get people to like take a breath and slow down? And what do you suggest to help them get rid of that anxiety? Yeah, I mean, it's hard. I mean, there's a lot that folks are dealing with professionally, especially in marketing. Budgets are cut. You might see some of your peers being let go, which is really hard. Your customers might be tightening their budgets and their purse strings. That's really hard mentally. And then your team may be dealing with some stuff at home that's tough. And maybe you as a manager don't know about it, but you know they're not feeling great. And all that stuff can really compound and impact how your team comes to work every day. And if they come in and they're feeling overwhelmed by both personal and professional, that's a lot. And so what I like to do is just remind people that, hey, we have a really good structured process here. We all know what we're doing. We're all experts here. And at the end of the day, for us, like marketing should be fun. It should be exciting. We are fortunate. We sell B2B technology. It's not this crazy, intense thing. It should be fun. You should be able to be creative. So I think giving folks kind of the okay and the space to kind of be creative, take breaks. Let me go take a walk outside and think about this problem for a while. Giving people that flexibility and those kind of reminders that, hey, it's okay. We know you're overwhelmed. This is supposed to be fun. Let's make sure it's fun has been critical. And then also helping to foster the connection between people. I think working from home, folks can feel lonelier than ever. And so doing things like brainstorms, which may have been a really fun activity that you would do in the office, it may not be so obvious to do it over Zoom, but that can really help energize people. So doing things to help folks flex that creativity and then also giving them the ability to take a breath and giving them that space mentally has been helpful for us. I love that. And I I love that you as a leader are thinking about that because your team's only as good as their mental state, right? Especially in marketing where there's such a high level of creativity and resourcefulness that needs to go into play. Talk to me about when you realized that you had to change strategies, what was the first step that you all took, you know, post COVID? You're over the COVID realities. You've got to come up with a new content strategy. What did you look to and decide to do first and why? So when COVID first broke out, What we did, and we talk about this in the article, is we revisited our personas and we said, okay, this may seem, again, very elementary, our personas, every marketer does that exercise at some point in their career. But we revisit our personas and said, okay, let's all remind ourselves of who these people are. And then let's re kind of orient ourselves with the challenges and their new reality. And for us, our key buyers may be facing slash budgets, personnel cuts. That means that we as marketers, our job is to really understand the customer. Because if we don't, if we don't understand the basics of what our customer is experiencing and what they need at the time, the rest of your marketing is going to be off. It's not going to resonate. And so that's the basic foundation. And once we had that, we were able then to, okay, say we have our personas and then let's build out our messaging framework. So What are the key messages that are going to resonate with them? What's the evidence we have to support that? And then from there, we can decide, hey, we decided what's the channel mix that we need to go after these folks in different ways and deliver our message. For us, it was a little different. Our budget was cut. Okay, so the channel mix is going to change. It's not kind of business as usual. 
things like events, which we usually rely on really heavily in the spring, no longer a thing. So we had to jigger around what we were doing, shifting things to virtual, thinking more about our content and SEO strategy, and again, tinkering with those channel mixes. Interesting. Did your goals change as a company at all as a result too? Like your marketing goals, did that have a trickle down effect? So we actually kept our marketing goals the same. We did have new business goals change. So which in theory should have adjusted our creation goals. I decided to keep them the same because I wanted to say to the team, hey, let's see if we can still get to this. We may miss it. We may miss our goal. The world is very different than when we first set these goals. I think they're still attainable. Does everyone else think they're still attainable? And we kind of had a hands in the middle. Yeah, like I think we can try to get after these goals. And so our Q2 is ending in two weeks. Our quarters are a little different. So we're ending in a few weeks and it looks like we're going to be probably, if not at goal, right around there at 90%. And for a quarter with so much uncertainty and so much changing, I mean, that just speaks to volumes about how the team came together. I love that. They say constraint, you know, really helps with creativity, right? When you're under constraints, which is obviously what you dealt with. Were there any happy surprises? Do you know what I mean? As a result of having to switch gears, was there any one aspect of the shift that, you know, surprised you all in a good way? I have two things. So I think one from just like a team perspective, I think just like the way our team, we have a small team, the way our team rallied together to really move quickly, put this plan together, execute at a level that, I mean, was just incredible to see that level of kind of coordination and execution and like laser focus. And it was a really intense time. And I think a lot of teams were feeling that and that was just incredible. So that was one awesome thing that came out of it. I'd say more tactically, we run a big in-person event every year in the spring in May, 800 people in New York in a tight venue. It's a huge driver for new business and also renewals for us. And so we had to say, hey, we can't do that this year, obviously, with everything going on. And so we pivoted to a virtual half-day event, and it was beyond successful. I mean, the amount of registrations, attendance that we had blew away anything that we could ever do in person because we were always restricted by the venue size. And so that was just incredible. And I think a real a kind of a light bulb moment to our team that was like, hey, virtual events, there are ways we can get really creative and have fun with this and really bring a wow and delight our, our customers and prospects. So here's a radical question for you. How are you supposed to know the best way to design a career that suits your unique needs? Few of us were ever exposed to useful advice to help us make good career decisions. In the past, only pro athletes and wealthy CEOs could afford career coaching. Work It Daily was designed to disrupt the career coaching industry. We provide 24-7 access to career coaches for less than the cost of a gym membership. Like most professionals, you've likely struggled at some point to find a job or grow your career in a way that makes you feel happy and satisfied. Work It Daily can help you make sense of what to do next in your career. Career planning can feel daunting and lonely but it doesn't have to be that way. Work It Daily will provide you with the structure and answers you need to take action and get the positive results you're looking for from your efforts. Because we know you have better things to do than stress about your job search or career growth strategy. You'll find us online at workitdaily.com or in your phone app store. That's Work It Daily. W-O-R-K-I-T-D-A-I-L-Y.com. Visit to learn more or sign up today and get started with our career coaches immediately. I love that. Quick sidebar. I was just talking to somebody recently who their major, major Fortune 500 company was doing this event every year, paying a quarter of a million dollars for the event. It was happy if they got like 50 to 60 qualified B2B leads out of it. 
right? Because it's a big, big sell. They had to switch gears and this company did their online event for them. They paid $100,000 to have the event and got over 5,000 qualified leads. Yeah. So, you know, I think there's a lot of disruption happening right now, which is exciting. You know, companies are figuring out new ways to use their budgets. It sounds like that happened to you too. Yeah, exactly. And it was a very happy surprise. We not only like to do in the past big kind of events like the C3 event I mentioned, but we also like doing kind of like executive dinners, more kind of curated events with smaller groups. And we can't do that anymore. And we actually did a virtual wine tasting the other day. And that was just awesome. We had like 15 folks. The vineyard actually took us on their like FaceTime around the vineyard. It was unreal. We shipped the wine to everyone. And again, it just shows you that there are ways to still foster those connections between people, even if we can't be in the same room. And I think we were very pleasantly surprised by how well that smaller event went as well. So we're excited to do more of those. Okay. I really want to go on a virtual wine tasting now. That sounds genius. <laughs> you know, it's fun. I had a colleague that said her husband did a virtual beer tasting too. And he said it was awesome. It's fantastic. That's genius. I don't want to support the small businesses. Like they can't have folks coming in and touring. So it's all, it was awesome for us to say, well, here, send everyone three bottles of wine. And for them, that, that's a great way to kind of keep them going. I totally agree. It's genius. Let's take some questions from the audience. The first one here is from Chris. Chris says, marketing is such a wide discipline, Lindsay. What do you define as the basics? That's a good question. What are your definitions of the basics? I mean, I think, again, the basics start with understanding the customer. That's one. Once you understand the customer, two, building your messaging framework. And then step three is defining your channel mix. Those are kind of the basics. And you can use those three steps for building your big marketing strategy. Also down to like the campaign level. Okay, so for this campaign that we're launching, who's the audience? What's the message? What's the channels? I think I see those three as the kind of the basics. I totally agree with you. And the persona piece that you brought up and talked about, I wonder how many companies have actually gone back and revisited their personas and said, okay, put yourself in the mind of the persona. What's changed for them? How are they different? How do we speak to that? I love that because some of your marketing could be really off point right now if you didn't pay attention to that. All right, we've got a two-part question from Melody. Great stuff here. Melody says, part one, I've seen a lot of reactionary posts from companies and individuals in response to COVID, the riots, Black Lives Matter, et cetera. And I don't think silence is the answer either. So what advice can you give for individuals building their brand and seeking employment? That's a great one. So if you're in the marketing space right now and you're looking for work, what would you be doing, Lindsay, to put yourself out there to speak to you know, how marketing is changing right now? I think if you're out there looking for work, everything is very hypersensitive right now. There's a lot going on. I think the first step is just making sure that everyone, before you post anything, and we do this on our marketing team is and our businesses, well, make sure you're really educated about what you're talking about. I think a lot of times where you see issues arrive is when folks put things up, kind of a knee-jerk reaction. Melody, like you said, something you put something up quickly without thinking it through, without kind of doing the due diligence. So it's really important to do the due diligence. And then I also think for you, whether it's your personal brand or your business brand, you have to define on the spectrum where you are. Are you more vocal? Is that your business's tone? Is your business more measured? Are you kind of more in the middle? And that's really something you would have to define with your executive team. And it's probably coming from your CEO, your exec board, what's their appetite to be vocal about this? And what's their POV in the market? I love that. I think you have to think about what businesses, if you're actively looking for work in marketing right now, mm -hmm. then your brand message needs to be pretty on point. Because yeah. they are going to be looking at, do you understand what's happening? And that circles back. I have a question for you on that specifically. 
what skill or skills, but at least one, do you think of that's going to become vitally important for a marketing person like yourself going forward? What's become apparent that is absolutely vital to have? I mean, I always tell folks there's a couple basic skills that like I always look for when screening for folks. One, your writing skills have to be impeccable. I think whether you're a demand gen marketer, a product marketer, a email marketer, an operations person, the ability to craft a message is so important. I think you especially see that when resourcing is really tight. So in a time like today, when, hey, maybe your content team got cut, everyone has to be working together. Everyone has to be creating content. And I always look for folks that are really articulate. So I think that's one with written communication. And then just something really tactical that I also think is highly valuable. A lot of my role as a a leader and a lot of my role as a product marketer was putting together slideware. And it sounds so silly to say, but the PowerPoint skills are so essential. And again, I'm like Microsoft Office. Like It's crazy to say, but you see folks who don't have a really good handle on how to build a clear slide, how to make your point come across, and whether you're and new to marketing and you have to try to get buy-in for this new project you want to do, or you're a leader and you're trying to get more budget, that's kind of the way you're going to communicate. And you have to be able to tell a story that way. And that's a combination of written and then also visual communication. It's so funny you say that. And we live in a time where it's like, if there's too much text, nobody reads it, right? We have just have this incredible social online ADD that's going on now, which is understood. So knowing how to create those presentations that hold attention without overwhelming your audience is huge, really huge, and not always what they teach you in school, for sure. How often do you think you will go back and look at your personas as we go through this pandemic and world crisis and whatnot? Do you think that there's going to be an evolution of your personas? What do you think? I don't know if there'll be an evolution of our personas, but I think there'll be an evolution in the problems that we are solving for our personas. And that's something we plan to visit quarterly. Like we revisited it in March. We're thinking about it now as we look to kind of our H2. We're re kind of setting what's our content going to look like in H2. Um, And that means revisiting our personas and hey, what problems are they solving for the back half of the year? And I imagine when we go into Q4, we're going to take a look at it again. The world's moving so quickly right now that I don't think we'll be successful if we don't keep looking at it and we're not rigorous in revisiting kind of what our customers' challenges are and what they're going through. So talk to me about that though, because sales is the front line and they're hearing about the customer challenges. How are you getting that information funneled back to you? How does that work in your organization and any suggestions for people on how to improve that right now? Yeah, that's a great question. So I spend a lot of time with our sales organization. My whole team spends a lot of time with our sales organization. So that means meeting with sales leaders on a regular cadence. If you are a marketing leader, that relationship is so important. The minute that relationship breaks down, it's really hard for you as a marketer to do your job when sales is kind of coming in and saying, I'm not getting what I need from marketing. It's so much stronger when the revenue side of the organization is working together. I spend a lot of my time with those folks making sure that, hey, we're all marching in the same direction. We're all going towards the same goal. And my team spends a lot of time with the folks on the ground, the sales execs. Hey, getting feedback from them. We have a Slack channel where folks can put feedback in. We have a technology called Gong that records sales calls. So we can go in at any time and listen to a sales call, which is really powerful for our team because they can always then hear directly from the customer. And we've used Gong for years. Our team, every single person is required to listen to a Gong call at least once a week. And that just, again, it keeps everyone really sharp on what's happening with our customers. 
I love that. That's like real-time feedback that allows you to adjust. That's huge. We've got a question here, a tactical question. What types of marketing tools do you utilize, Lindsay, when developing the brand personas, design thinking, agile methods, et cetera? Yeah. I mean, when we develop our personas and kind of our framework, I usually use like OGSM. So start with our objective goals, strategy, and then measurement. And I think about the kind of the audience within that framework. That's a lot of what I like thinking of when I build out our persona framework. It makes total sense. We've got another question. Melody, great questions today, by the way. What channels are hot right now? Ooh, that's... I love this question. I know. What do you think's hot? A couple channels come to mind. I think if you're a B2B marketer like me, account-based marketing is really hot right now. Not exactly a channel, more of a strategy, but definitely hot right now. Focusing in your marketing messaging on your customer on the right accounts allows you to be hyper-targeted and deliver really powerful messages. So I'd say like account-based marketing, not a channel, but definitely a strong way to get in front of your customers. We're seeing SEO and content super hot right now. Folks, budgets are cut. I know JT, you guys do a ton of content marketing. So you guys get it. I don't need to tell you why it's so hot. But I mean, it's all about getting the right information to your customers at the right time right now. Folks are searching more than ever for things related to your business. I mean, how to find a new job, how to host a socially distanced barbecue, when are schools reopening? All those questions are being searched millions of times a day. And the question really becomes, is your brand getting found when folks are searching? And that's what SEO is. And that's what we're seeing a ton of folks invest in because it's cost effective, it's long-term ROI, and it's really genuinely helping customers. Totally agree. It's, it's like fine wine. It's better yeah, than it, right? Exactly. I love that analogy. I love it. All right. Question from Dell. What changes do you think this situation will make with SRM tools like Salesforce? Are those tools now outdated or do they need to add new internal tools to leverage the new environment? Ooh, interesting. Good question. I mean, we're breeders of Salesforce. I do think there are other tools you can plug into your CRM to make it even more powerful. I talk with our Salesforce admin a ton and I'm always asking, hey, can we integrate this to Salesforce? Can we do this with Salesforce? And his answer is always yes. So I think really the CRM of the world is just how well your team is using it and what you're layering in on top of it. So everything we do as a business is done through Salesforce. And because everyone's using it, we pipe in a lot of data to it. We tie in a lot of integrations to it. And that makes it really powerful for us. That's amazing. Clearly, you need to come back on again and talk marketing some more. So I'm going to close by putting it back in your court and letting you leave with the last pieces of advice. But before that, if people can reach out to you, where can they reach out to you? Where's the best place? Yeah, if anyone wants to reach out, they can ping me on LinkedIn or my email is ltboyajan at, condu- at gmail.com. So you're more than welcome to ping me there as well. So yeah, and JT, thank you for having me. This was awesome. But yeah, if anyone else has any follow-up questions, I'm always glad to talk marketing with folks. I, which is so clear. I just love your energy and passion for it because I can see that you always look for the opportunities. And that's why like you just took what's happening right now and turned it right around for Conductor, which is amazing. But final thoughts, what's the one thing you want everyone to take away from today about this? Going back to basics, start with the personas, build your messaging, make your channel mix, whether that's on the campaign level or the kind of at your whole broader marketing strategy Go back to the basics right now. There's no better time than when things are getting chaotic and feel a little out of control to kind of go back to the foundational stuff. It's fantastic advice. Lindsay, thank you. This was amazing. Thank you to the audience. Those were great questions. We will see you on the next Executive Insider. And until then, remember, if you want to win, you got to work it daily. Awesome. Thanks, all. 
Thank you for listening to today's episode of Executive Insider. If you want to learn more about Work It Daily and how we can help you with your career or job search, visit workitdaily.com. If you enjoyed today's podcast, I'd really appreciate it if you subscribed and left us a five-star review. Don't forget to check out workitdaily.com slash podcast to get access to the resources and links mentioned in today's episode. Those can be found in the show notes. Again, thanks for listening. And I can't wait to share more with you on the next episode of Executive Insider.